the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Now that's how you kick off an Al Gattulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970 The Answer. How's everybody doing out there? Hope you had a great weekend. Hot, humid, all week in the Northeast here. Uh, and finally, feels like summer, which is really cool. Went to see uh, Elton John on uh, Saturday night. What a tremendous show. Uh, just kept playing and playing and playing and playing. A legend. Uh, you know, obviously his uh, farewell tour postponed because of the pandemic. Um, but um, it was a great show. My wife and I had a really good time. But why am I playing Screaming for Vengeance, Judas Priest, to kick it off? Well, last Sunday was the 40th anniversary of Screaming for Vengeance, an album that when I put the needle on the record, put the needle on the record, I was blown away. And I think my life was pretty much changed forever as being a heavy metal fan at the tender age of 12 years old. We've got a great show for you tonight. We've got a guest, and we'll pl- we'll sprinkle in some uh, Scream for Vengeance throughout the show. Um, we're going to have news and notes to get to. Got a great guest. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, at Al Gattulo, Instagram at Gattulo, G-A-T-T-U-L-L-O, Facebook.com slash A-G Craft email at Albert G at NYCRadio.com. We're all over the uh, social networks, iTunes and you know and Google Podcasts, Odyssey.com, uh, iHeartRadio, Hopped Up Network as well, HoppedUpNetwork.com. Check out some great shows on that platform. But coming up in 20 minutes, Director of Brewing and Marketing Dave Bergen from Joyride Brewing in Colorado is going to join me. They just celebrated a big anniversary birthday party. It was Dave's, by the way. We're going to discuss that along with some upcoming beers that are coming out and some other great stuff coming up in just about 20 minutes from now. But we've got a lot of beer news to get to. And in our next segment, like we did last week, we're going to focus on the New Jersey stuff again because... We need to keep the New Jersey stuff in the news. Um, until and unless, and, and for those of you who are keeping score at home, this first segment was taped on Monday. So the governor has yet to get back from Italy. He's scheduled to get back uh, on July 20th. He had been on vacation for a couple of weeks. Um, he's done nothing to stop the rules that are going on. And we'll get into it in our next segment, but I'm going to leave it there. The governor is the only one who can stop this uh, from the rules being enforced right now uh, until the legislature gets back into office uh, and starts doing work in September. I'll leave it at that. Um, In his recent post, Mick Signs at Mid-Year for Craft Beer, the Brewers Association chief economist Bart Watson shared some concerns about how craft beer is faring as consumers head out into the world again, especially with regard to off-premise sales. 
Now, using data pr- uh, provided by sales scans of, at multi-outlet food and convenience stores tracked by uh, market research firm IRI, dollar sales are down about 7.7% a year through June 12th compared to the same period last year. Craft beer dollar sales decline was much greater than the overall beer segment, which was down 2.2% for the same period. Only hard seltzer, which was down 8%, and assorted ready-to-drink alcohol options down 20.1%, have shown larger declines in the craft beer segment. So it's not good news for craft brewers. But he said, given that context, craft struggles in scan in the first half of 2022 should be viewed somewhere in between expected and alarming. The expected viewpoint would note that given the importance of the on-prem of, of the on-premise for craft, you might expect channel shift to affect craft more than other segments. There clearly is very little momentum behind craft beer at chain retail at the moment, continuing a string of several years where this is the case. At worst, scan volume was basically at 2019 levels in a first half where distributed uh, draft was pretty clearly still weaker than it was pre-pandemic. And we're ready to drink spirits and a variety of other fourth category products coming from craft's Shelf space, it's hard to see a lot of momentum for changing that trend anytime soon. In closing, Kraft has benefited in the past year from the return of on-premise. In that context, weak scan data in the first half falls somewhere in between a continuation of good news and a sign of future weakness. Basically, what he's saying there is more people are going to breweries to buy their beer than they're going to liquor stores and other places where you can buy uh, alcohol. And I would tend to agree with him. I think more people are populating craft breweries to purchase their beer direct from the brewer. So that maybe, you know, I know that brewers want to get their beer out there. Some do. Others are very content with just, you know, what we sell in-house and that's it. Um, but it's uh, it's interesting that, you know, at certain places, like Source for, is a perfect example. A lot of their beers sell out. Now, some don't as much as they did before the pandemic uh, or during the pandemic, I should say. But they're still selling their beer at a pretty good clip. Other places are doing so as well. So I think it's more or less people are going directly to the breweries to buy their beer to support the brewer directly as opposed to going to a liquor store. That's just my take on it. Two of Denver's most beloved aviation-themed destinations partnering up. Flight Company Tower, the second location of Flight Company Brewing, opens this summer um, at 3120 uh, Unita Street in Denver. Guests can expect aviation-themed exhibits on loan from its neighbor Wings Over the Rockies Air and Space Museum. In addition, Flight Co. patrons might notice Wings Over the Rockies-themed beers with part of the proceeds going to the museum, as well as co-hosted events at the brewery. Wings, named a 20-best aviation museum around the world by CNN Travel, is located just three miles from the new Central Park neighborhood brewery. Flight Company expects to open its brew pub in summer 2022 in the the historic, now-defunct Stapleton International Airport attached to the iconic 184-foot tower. This is pretty cool. So um, the uh, the background of the brewery, deeply rooted in aviation, two out of the three original owners are pilots, and the original brewery features many show-stopping airborne design elements, including a salvaged plane wing and a full-size replica- replication of a Boeing 737 fuselage. Additionally, 10% of flight companies' profits benefit the future of aviation through scholarships and donations to youth engagement as well as benefit veteran-focused organizations. Flight Co.'s commitment to giving back 10% of profits will continue at the new location. That's pretty cool. So the brewery sits inside an airport that used to be Denver Central Airport before being replaced in 95 by Denver International Airport. That's pretty cool. I like that. Again, I I keep hearing so many good things about going out to Denver, and I have to get out there. Maybe we have to get one of the owners of Flight Co. 
uh, on the program when they're closer to opening the brewery. It does say summer. It doesn't say when. So uh, my guess is uh, sometime in the next several weeks it'll be opening. So we'll have to do something on that. Uh, Indeed Brewing uh, has produced a cannabis-infused beverage in light of the new state law that went into effect back on July 1 that allows beverages and edibles containing THC to be sold. The non-alcoholic 2-milligram THC and 2-milligram CBD-infused seltzer water is called Too Good. It'll be released as soon as possible. It's a goal of early August. A 5-milligram version is also in the works. Tom uh, Witsand, CEO of Indeed, has said we are currently navigating the -the behind-the-scenes work that goes into developing this first-of-its-kind product in Minnesota. We're taking the responsibility seriously, so we're taking our time to make sure it's the right product for us and for our consumers. Now, remember, they came out with um, Lull CBD-infused seltzer back in 2019. I actually had it. It was pretty good. Uh, Production of Lull ceased in July 2020 per a directive sent by the Minnesota Department of Agriculture. Indeed, will begin producing and selling Lull once again uh, as um, as they get things moving. So, We'll get somebody from Indeed on as well to talk about this because this is an interesting subject about uh, infusing seltzer water with um, THC and CBD uh, to help calm nerves, essentially. And then finally, the annual Cider Summit in Seattle uh, is back after a pause for the pandemic. Cider Summit Seattle will take place Friday, September 9th from 3 to 8 p.m. There's a VIP session that starts at 2 p.m. And Saturday, September 10th from noon to 5 p.m. at Lake Union Park at Mohai, 860 Terry Avenue North, adjacent to the Museum of History and Industry. It's presented by Amazon. More than 50 cideries convene at Cider Summit to share over 150 ciders, meads, cider cocktails, and apple spirits from Pacific Northwest favorites to international classics. Many cider makers will be on hand to guide guests through the tasting experiences. The tickets are on sale now. General admission and VIP tickets available online for purchase until September 8th. VIP tickets go for $45 if purchased by July 31st. $50 after that, they're sold exclusively online. The experience includes festival tasting glasses, Early entry on September 9th and 18 tasting tickets. So this is a tasting ticket event. General admission tickets are $35 if purchased by July 31st. They're $40 through September 8th, $60 at the gate. It includes festival tasting glasses and 14 tasting uh, tickets. All prices include taxes and fees. Additional tasting tickets are available on site at $2 per tickets. They're going to have eats uh, from a bunch of different places. Seattle Monster Dogs, uh, Freeland Tamales. Uh, Oregon Fruit Products, Fruit Cider Challenge, text voting to determine the winner. J.C.'s Cider Cocktail Lounge featuring an array of fruit spirits. Um, Heritage Cider Pavilion featuring farm-based regional artisanal cider producers. Stop by the Dog Lounge, hosted by Just Food for Dogs, benefiting Seattle's Humane Society for shade, water, and treats. Well-behaved dogs on leashes are welcome. And there'll be an event store featuring bottles and cans to go, festival merchandise, and extra tasting tickets. That's cool. So this is Friday, September 9th, Saturday, September 10th. It's 3 to 8 p.m. on September 9th. And on Saturday, it's from noon to 5 p.m. at Lake Union Park at Mohai, 860 Terry Avenue North, adjacent to the Museum of History and Industry. That's pretty cool. A cider event in Seattle. And hopefully the weather will be uh, cooperative. I'm assuming that it is a rain or shine event. Now, when we come back after a short break... We're going to dive more into the whole New Jersey uh, beer scene and um, why uh, we need to keep our foot on the gas when it comes uh, to uh, helping out New Jersey breweries and creating the level playing field that I think everybody wants. This is the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. (laughs) 
Welcome back to the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. That's Bloodstone from Judas Priest's Screaming for Vengeance 40 years ago last Sunday. That album came out in 1982, man. I just, I'm, I'm old. I'm old. I just, every time I listen to this album, I think, wow, what a great album. And then I go, yeah, it's 40 years old. All right. Anyway, coming up in 10 minutes, Director of Brewing and Marketing uh, for Joyride Brewing, Dave Bergen is going to join me. They're out of Colorado, Joyride Brewing is. They just celebrated a big anniversary birthday party. It was Dave's, by the way. Uh, birthday, at least. And it was an anniversary as well, because the brewery's open. Um, we will discuss that along with some upcoming beers that they have out, as well as their award-winning Kolsch. We'll talk about that in just about 10 minutes from now. A couple of quick news notes, and then we're going to get it back into the whole New Jersey thing. Cape May... And Wawa uh, announced uh, earlier this week their first year collaboration and release of a limited edition Sure Tea hard tea beverage. Sure Tea will debut at Wawa's grand opening of its newest beer store in Bucks County and Cape May Brewing Company's tasting room, followed by select retailers. So those things happened already. Uh, this was the past Thursday and Friday. Um, they, uh, it, it made with Wawa's signature peach iced tea and Cape May's iconic adult libations. The hard tea is lip-smackingly refreshing, with just the right amount of a sweet kick. Short tea available in limited quantities of six-pack, 12-ounce cans of 4.5% ABV on this. All ingredients used are naturally gluten-free. This beverage contains no peach juice, by the way. The six-pack cost is $12.99. Uh, limited release at select retailers begins tomorrow in New Jersey, Pennsylvania and Delaware. It'll be out again for a limited release in those states. Again, it's already out in the Cape May tasting room. If I could, if I find this somewhere, I'm definitely going to check this out because it sounds like it's a really, really uh, good adult libation. And Trogues Independent Brewing announced its 25th anniversary celebration this week. It coincided with the sale of its very first pint of beer back on July 18th of 1997. They had a week-long celebration, and as a thank you to its longtime fans and supporters. The Hershey, Pennsylvania Brewery released three throwback beers, Trogues Pale Ale, Oatmeal Stout, and ESB Ale, all of which were available on draft exclusively at the brewery. A limited amount of Trogues Pale Ale, dubbed 25 Years Birthday Pale Ale, available in limited 16-ounce cans through the brewery's general store. That started uh, last Monday. It may or may not be still available. They also had a commemorative Retro Trogues logo T-shirts and sticker packs throughout its general store as well. So kudos uh, to Trogues on 25 years in brewing. That is pretty awesome. They're expanding the place, they're putting a new parking lot in, all kinds of great stuff, constantly building and innovating and reinventing themselves. I love it. Trogues makes some fantastic beer in Hershey, uh, Pennsylvania. So let's dive into the Jersey stuff. The Warren County Board of Commissioners about a week and a half ago uh, unanimously passed a resolution uh, opposing the recently enacted rules that place limitations on the operations of Jersey's breweries. Uh, that went into effect July 1st. We've been talking about it the last couple of weeks. We're not going to stop talking about it because we really need to keep our feet on the fire here. Now, again, I'm taping this on Tuesday. Uh, the governor was returning from Italy on Wednesday the 20th. Um, if there is a change uh, where he you know, upholds these rules for now until some legislation takes effect, we will get that information to you. Uh, probably in our final segment of the show of Suds and Duds. So let's see what happens here. But anyway, um, the uh, commissioner, uh, James Curran III, notes that the regulations restrict the types of television programming, live recorded music offered at breweries, et cetera, et cetera. He says this is truly a textbook definition of bad government 
absolute lunacy. He said there's a false narrative in circulation about an adversarial relationship between restaurants and breweries when, in fact, they work together. Kern expressed hope that the governor and legislators can work together to rescind the regulations. Again, I don't necessarily think that it's a false narrative. I think there are certain restaurants and breweries that are at war with one another, a lot of it in South Jersey, but some in North Jersey as well. I think a lot of the restaurants do work with the local breweries because they want to have a local beer on tap. But, you know, again, I think it depends on the bar or restaurant uh, that you go to. And, um, you know, Zigmeister, Manskirt, but, uh, Buttsville, and Invertas Brewing in Phillipsburg, which I think Invertas just moved over into Pennsylvania. But, again, uh, they had a Skylands Ale Trail. They brought thousands of visitors to Warren County. You get your passport stamped. You get a, t- you get a sweatshirt or whatever. Uh, you know, again, this is going to prevent businesses from making money. It's not just the beer business. It's all the local businesses around them, Right. So according to 2021 statistics from the Brewers Association, New Jersey has 141 craft breweries. I don't think all of them are open yet, which contributed almost $2 billion, $2 billion with a B, to the state's economy, producing more than 213,000 barrels of beer, creating more than 11,000 jobs. Again, why are you trying to hurt a segment of small business? I don't understand that. And, Governor, you need to explain yourself here. You knew that these rules were going into effect. From all the people that I've spoken to in the brewery business in New Jersey, every single one of them was blindsided by this. It was basically dropped on them a couple of days before, and then it was dropped to everybody else, and that's it, and they walked away. Now, they knew the rules were in effect. They weren't enforcing them. But now, all of a sudden, it was like, all right, now we're going to start enforcing them. Come on, guys. This is a problem here. Now, in the Star Ledger last Sunday, there was an article. Uh, Definitely want to check it out. I've tweeted it out. You definitely want to look at it. It's on our Facebook page as well. Uh, Facebook.com slash AG Craft Beer Cast. Jeremy, Flounder, uh, Jeremy Lees, who's the owner of Flounder Brewing in Hillsborough, he wrote this. He said, two key quotes to read in from the Star-Ledger article on the NJABC regulations. This is, again, this is from Jeremy. The quote from the Restaurant and Hospitality Association CEO says, heightened competition. There is zero examples in proof breweries have caused heightened competition, but many examples how it has bolstered visitation to establishments in the area. And also, she states, when things evolve and change in the world, everybody has an uncomfortable uh, market shift to make. And that's where we're at right now. So can we ask, what shift are license holders making? The shift only seems to be regulating your entertainment at a brewery. Okay. The quote from the NJABC states, the limited brewery license created by the legislature in 2012. This is false, Jeremy says. There has always been a limited brewery license, but it was revised in 2012 so that we could sell directly to consumers for on-site consumption. It then says, with very limited retail privileges, this too is false. There is absolutely no mention of limited or what degree the retail sales can be, except limiting total purchase to an individual to 15.5 gallons. In these two statements, the NJABC is creating their own legislation based on pressure from licensed lobby. Last part of the quote says, strike up a fair and appropriate balance. How? By taking existing businesses and cutting their permissible activities to a fraction and doing nothing on the side that many, many, many don't even buy NJ beer because we don't maintain their draft systems, give free glasses, free neons, etc. So how is it being made fair and appropriate when it's all being done on only one side? And what he's referring to is the fact that there are larger breweries, and I won't mention any names, but you know who they are, that give draft systems... Two bars. And their caveat is, you can only serve our beer. So when you go to a place and all you see on the taps is macro beer, 
And, and by macro beer, I don't just mean Bud and Coors. I mean Blue Point. I mean Golden Road. Those are owned by Anheuser-Busch. Blue Moon is owned by Molson Coors. Just remember that. Those are not cra- technically craft local beers. They're national brands owned by a worldwide conglomerate. Remember that. Keep writing your legislators, people. This is important. And then finally, in Jersey City the Friday before last, 902 Brewing Departed Souls, they joined together in protesting the new state regulations along with local officials. Assemblyman Raj Mukherjee sits on a key legislative committee. He said state regulators had not even notified state legislators of the sudden implementation of the new rules. Uh, He is calling on the governor and the attorney general as well as the New Jersey Division of of the Alcohol Beverage Control, to rescind the special conditions on all limited brewery licenses in the state and craft new legislation to support these small businesses. Unfortunately, this can't get done legislatively until September, but if the governor governor can certainly take action here. Um, Donald Void of 902 Brewing lamented, we're trying to figure out how to cover the debts caused by COVID restrictions. The brewery had hoped to build a customer base by offering various events, live music, yoga, comedy shows, all different types of stuff. But now, 25 events a year, that's a problem, right? Um, A a number of different um, uh, people were there, legislators. Um, uh, I know that Brian Kubacki has spoken out about this as well. I'm going to try and get Brian on the program next week to talk more about it. Um, As uh, Let's see here. I'm trying to think. Okay. Uh, One of the guys said... um, uh, it, 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 uh, we should not be imposing new regulations on small businesses. We want people to live and work here, to drink here. 902 isn't even allowed to invite a food truck or put notices on social media. That's just wrong. You are stifling business. You are regulating entertainment. You are not regulating alcohol. Again, the governor has the ability to stop this immediately. He can do it. He's back from Italy on, on Wednesday, July 20th. Let's see if he does something. I'm hoping that he does. But if not, you have to keep writing your legislators. In fact, uh, Jeremy Lees over at uh, Flounder Brewing had uh, Tom Kane, who was running for Congress, at his brewery. They talked about it, and he had crafted the legislation in 2012 to allow breweries to start serving beer for consumption. And you know what? He thinks it's wrong as well. So, guys, let's get our act together here, please. When we come back after a short break, Director of Brewing and Marketing Dave Bergen from Joyride Brewing in Colorado will join me. This is the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. back to the Al Gattulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, listen, you can't do a, 30, a 40th, I almost said 30th, my goodness, I'm aging myself. You can't do a 40th anniversary playing of Screaming for Vengeance from Judas Priest without putting in You've Got Another Thing Coming Here because that is one of their signature uh, songs. They still perform it in concert to this day, and uh, I've seen Judas Priest, my God, I don't want to date myself, but I've probably seen them probably the most of any band that I've ever watched um, in my uh, young 52 years on this planet. I've probably seen them about 15 or 20 times. Uh, they are an awesome band. They are coming around again to the United States come the fall. You definitely want to check them out when they are in town. 
Rob Halford can still bring it. Now, my next guest, one of the owners of a brewery that just celebrated eight years in brewing out of Edgewater, Colorado, about three miles from downtown Denver. Not only do they make delicious beers, they make patio beers. What's a patio beer, you ask? Well, think Kolsch, and you're on the right track to drinking an award-winning brew. For more info, just go to joyridebrewing.com. Let me welcome to the Craft Beer Cast on AM 970 The Answer, the Director of Brewing and Marketing, Dave Bergen. Dave, a belated happy birthday. How are you? Oh, I'm great. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, It's always good to talk uh, beer and music and uh, have a little fun. But first, Dave, congrats on eight years. The last two years, I am sure, has been no picnic with all the ups and downs due to COVID. My first question, though, out of the box, for those not in the know, what is a patio beer? Yeah, uh, so three years ago, uh, we opened up a 150-seat rooftop deck uh, on top of our brewery. Um, we're right across the street from Sloan's Lake, um, outside of Denver. And so I've got a great view of downtown, the lake, Pikes Peak. Uh, and so what we want to do is kind of match some of our beer selection to the experience that everyone was going to have up there. I think everyone loves having beer outside. I mean, it should be the official beverage of outdoor drinking, right? Um, <laughs> so it. we wanted to make things that were a little bit, <clears throat> a little bit on the lighter side. You know, if you're sitting out there and, uh, on a hot day, you're not necessarily looking for that 15% pastry stout, right? Mm-hmm. You're looking for a Kolsch. You're looking for a Pilsner. You're maybe looking for a fruited sour. You're looking for a Hellas. Uh, right. So we kind of wanted to focus, turn our focus more onto patio beers and, of course, IPAs because, you know, IPA is IPA. That's right. And why the name Joyride Brewing? It, it works, don't get me wrong, but I understand there was another name in consideration for the brewery? Yeah, originally we were uh, uh, wanting to open underneath the name uh, Crooked Keg when we were a group of home brewers. Uh, but uh, before we were able to come to market, uh, Crooked Stave uh, opened up in Colorado, and we didn't want to create any confusion there. So we went back and forth on uh, on a couple of names uh, and picked Joyride because we really felt that that's what we were looking to accomplish. Uh, you know that you know when you're drinking a beer, you know you're you know, not really having like a goal in mind. You're kind of letting your mind wander a little bit. Kind of like if you take your bicycle out in the neighborhood and don't really have a route and just kind of letting the wheels take you. So that was kind of where we wanted to go. Sounds good. Now I'll get to the recap of the birthday party in a minute, but first talk to me about how ecstatic you must all be from the gold medal win of your ice cutter Colts being declared best in the world at the 2022 World Beer Cup. Man, that was uh, that was a day. That was so. That was actually my fortieth birthday when oh, that awesome. happened. So, so that was a great birthday present for me. Um, uh, myself and our lead brewer Tyler were in Minneapolis at the awards ceremony. Um, and you know, normally when uh, they read the awards, you know, you, they read you know who who gets the bronze. Right. And you're kind of like, well, we're done, you know, if, if they don't read you for the bronze. Right. But for whatever reason, I'm like, no, we got this one. We got this one. And then got to the gold and they read it. And, you know, even though it was, I just had this feeling, it was still just like a wave of <laughs> euphoria. You know, this is a beer that, you know, I designed as a home brewer, you know, maybe close to 10 years ago. Mm. And, you know, something that's been on our menu since day one, and we've been pouring for probably 95% of our days open in eight years. 
So to have that, uh, get that type of recognition was really, really special. That's pretty cool. Talking with Dave Bergen, the director of brewing, uh, brewing and marketing uh, in Edgewater, Colorado for Joyride Brewing. It's about three miles from downtown Denver. And, oh, by the way, they won gold for their Ice Cutter Coast, by the way, in the 2022 World Beer Cup, if you didn't know. For more info on that beer and so much more, just go to joyridebrewing.com. We're here on the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Okay, how was the birthday bash? I saw some video from our mutual friend, uh, Shay. Looked like everyone was having a blast, even amongst the raindrops. How did it turn out? It turned out great. Uh, it, uh, we're still getting some final numbers in, but it's looking like it's going to be our most successful uh, anniversary party to date. So pretty stoked on that. Um, yeah, you mentioned the rain on, on Saturday, <clears throat> right before I think it was our third band was supposed to play. Um, uh, a, a, a small monsoon came in, uh, right. drenched the whole area, and uh, we were, you know, we we knew it was going to be a little short lived. We could see it on the on the radar, mm-hmm. but you know, we had to cover all the equipment on the on the stage really quick and uh, kind of wait it out and hope that people weren't going to live. So I was just like, ah, screw it. Uh, I'm going to grab a bunch of beer tokens, go up on the stage, and just start tossing it to anyone who wants to dance in the rain. Uh, and so that created a good scene and some good people watching of everyone just going crazy. And our our sound crew became a, a DJ and started playing rain songs like uh, It's Raining Men and Purple Rain. And so everyone was having a good time. And by the time uh, the rain stopped and the, and the bands were ready to get back up, it was, it was like nothing ever happened. And everyone was just... You know, maybe a little soaked, but still very happy. Uh, so it was, it was a, it was an awesome time. Um, we went through somewhere around forty barrels of beer. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so for a brewery our size to do that over the course of three days is pretty, pretty stellar. Yeah, that's pretty good. You probably hear, you, you can probably hear it in my voice that no. my I've not quite recovered. <laughs> I'm a little little uh, gravelly still right. uh, from, uh, you know, yelling a little bit and right. screaming and dancing with everybody, but uh, it, it was worth it. And uh, we we had uh, just a tremendous time, and uh, we try to do that the third Saturday of, uh, of July every year. So if anyone out there is looking for a great time, great beer, great music, great location, come see us uh, out in Edgewater, Colorado next year, uh, third weekend in July 2023. Sounds like a plan for some people. Talking with Dave Bergen, the director of brewing and marketing for Joyride Brewing, located in Edgewater, Colorado. It's about three miles from downtown Denver. They won gold for their ice cutter calls. For more info on that beer and so much more, just go to joyridebrewing.com. We're here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, I want to go back to that Coles for a moment. You guys serve the beer the traditional German way. And I've seen it where I live in New Jersey. There's a brewery called Source Brewing down in Colts Neck, New Jersey. They do it the same way. But tell the folks who may not be aware of how it is served in the traditional German style that you guys do at your place. Yeah, when we were originally designing this beer, you know, first, I've, I've, I've actually never been to Germany, but it's on my wish list of places to go. So I haven't experienced it myself, but, you know, read about how they serve it in Cologne. Uh, where it is served in, you know, these small glasses uh, called stodges. And uh, what you do is you sit there, they bring you one, you drink it, and then if they, you know, they're walking around with a tray of it, they see if you're empty, they just drop another one down in front of you and make a hash mark on your coaster, and you keep getting them until you put the coaster on top of your empty glass, and that signifies that you're done, and then they bring you your check. 
Uh, and I just thought that that was such just like a cool way to to do it. Uh, so I went to my business partners at the time. I was like, hey, we, we got to do this. And we're like, Dave, we, we don't want the staff to like hate us. Like, right. <laughs> let's just do it normal. Um, and I'm like, oh, all right. So, you know, we it was really, really hard to find uh, 16-ounce glasses, uh, you know, pint-sized glasses sure. of that type of shape uh, when we first opened. Right. Uh, we didn't want to do the small ones. Again, you know, uh, the American consumer wasn't sure how they'd react to that. Right. Uh, so finally, like maybe like four years ago, I was meeting with uh, one of my glass suppliers and saw that they had just come out with a 16-ounce version for of that glass. It was just like, yeah, put me down for a couple hundred of those and worked with a great local designer to, uh, to you know, get a full wrap design around it. And uh, it's one of our uh, most Instagrammed uh, things at the brewery is is that glass. Oh, that's see, that's awesome. I love it when they pour it in the traditional style because this place by me does it, and it's so cool. The rack, and you just you can sit there, and and again, a coast is a light beer. You can knock back uh, a few of those very quickly, and so they even have to have a cutoff where it's like, all right, you get you get it served in the in the tray, the the kind of that rotating tray. But you know, after a couple of trays, it's like, all right, guys, you know, you have to drive home, so you gotta you gotta take it easy <laughs> okay. a little bit. Listen, the four four and a half five percent will catch up with you. Uh, after a while, my my guest has been Dave Bergen. He's the director of brewing and marketing for Joyride Brewing. They're located in Edgewater, Colorado. It's about three miles from downtown Denver. They just won gold for their ice cutter Kolsch at the World Beer uh, uh, Cup Awards. For more info on that beer and so much more, just head over to joyridebrewing.com. Dave, thanks so much for joining me tonight. Best of luck in year number nine. I look forward to visiting when I get out to Colorado one of these days. That'd be great. We'd be uh, glad to have you. Hit me up, and uh, we'll have a calls together. Sounds good. I love it. I want to check out the patio view. That sounds like it's a great view uh, from your patio. So it sounds like uh, sounds like a really good time. Looking forward to it. Absolutely. All right. Thanks. For, thanks so much. Up next, it's time for Suds and Duds on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM nine seventy. The answer. <laughs> Segment of the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, a little electric guy. I know you have to play the helium first and then electric guy, but we're you know we're running out of time. I don't have time to play uh, you know ten minutes of a song. I wish I could because I'd listen to this album from beginning to end over and over and over again. By the way, I hope you're dealing with the heat as best as you can. We got one more day of this uh, in the Northeast, and then uh, it's supposed to we're supposed to get a little bit of a break, which is. Which is good, and and I understand it's summer. I love the heat, but some of this is very oppressive. I mean, you know, when it feels like it's 105 degrees, I don't care, 
I don't care where you are or who you are. It's hot. Um, you can follow me very easily on Twitter at Al Gattulo, Instagram at Gattulo, G-A-T-T-U-L-L-O, Facebook.com slash A-G Craft Beer Cast, email at Albert G at NYCRadio.com, iTunes, Google Podcasts, just do a search of A-G Craft Beer Cast. That's where you can find the shows on Alexa, Odyssey, uh, Hopped Up Network, iHeartRadio, all over uh, the uh, the digital landscape, as it were, if you want to listen to the show on any of those different platforms so and i thank you for that and tell your friends tell tell a couple of friends you know we'd love to spread the word love to get the word out there um let's dive into some different beers so uh we've had a shark problem here in the northeast uh over the last uh, several weeks and people have been bitten by the sharks and you know interesting tidbit that i did not know uh sharks feed mostly at night when it's when or dusk uh because the sun isn't beating down on the water so the best time to go in the water is midday which will cool you off so we're seeing a lot of these shark incidents happen 6, 7 o'clock at night, uh, 5 o'clock at night. The sun is going down. It's not beating on the ocean as much. So uh, just a little tip there. But why do I say that? Well, Amity Beer, which was made by Altered Ending, uh, a great take uh, on the movie. Jaws, crisp, clean, lager, delicious. And, of course, as you know, Amity means friendship, you know? <laughs> it's a great beer. Uh, great job by the guys at Altered Ending. A Schwing. Uh, which is in reference to uh, Wayne's World, of course, um, is an IPA that alternate ending did. A good, uh, this was a good beer, not great. Uh, gets better as it warms up a little bit, which is kind of odd for an IPA. Um, I, I don't know. I it, I was expecting one thing and got another. I don't know. Uh, this beer kind of was a little, um, I don't want to say, you know what? Off is probably the right way to, uh, to put it. And I don't know, maybe because I've been drinking a lot of lagers and pilsners lately, but I have had it mixed in an IPA or two. And it hasn't really um, affected my taste buds as much. I think I still have a can of Schwing left in the uh, in the fridge. Maybe I'll crack another can and just see uh, how it is now that it's been sitting uh, for a couple of weeks. Because sometimes you want to let some of these beers sit for a little bit. And I know they tell you to drink it fresh, um, but if you let if you get a beer and you let it uh, an IPA and you let it sit for a week or two in the fridge, it's not really going to affect the taste that much. And now, obviously, if you leave it in there for eight nine months, it definitely will. It'll still have that hoppiness to it, depending on what type of beer it is. But um, there may be some, I don't want to say off qualities, but you won't get as intense of the hop profile as the months go by. It it does uh, die off a little bit. Um, Hoppy Pills by Source Brewing. Uh, An outstanding Pilsner at 5%. So good. It was fantastic. Again, I'm I'm just digging Pilsners and Lagers lately, I think because of the fact that it's, it's hot out. Um, you know, this coming weekend, uh, the last weekend of July is the, uh, Killsboro pizza party event. I know a lot of the brewers are going to be bringing, uh, Pilsners and lagers, which is great because when it's hot out, you want something that's light and refreshing, uh, and that goes well with pizza as well. So, um, the more Pilsners and lagers that I can drink, uh, the better it is for me because a happy Al is a good Al. Uh, Irish style by Trillium Brewing. Uh, my uh, neighbor Greg had gotten me this. Um, he picked it up because he, he really enjoyed it at the brewery. Really good. Roasty, dry, exactly what you want out of an Irish stout. Um, you don't want uh, sweetness in it. You don't want it to be super heavy. You just want it to be one of those um, just nice, uh, dry flavor uh, on the back end. Kind of, you know, almost almost drying out the palate, so to speak. Coastal Evacuation by Cape May. It's a great beer. 
It really is a good beer. It's a great double IPA by Cape May. They do a fantastic job with their beers. Um, and a lot more of it comes up north now, um, so you don't have to make that long three-hour ride down to uh, to the Cape May tasting room. But it's been a while since I've been in Cape May proper. I mean, I was there last year, but really to spend time uh, in Cape May because there's so many other good breweries that have opened down there around there. One of these days I have to get down there with the wife. Maybe we'll go off-season um, when the weather isn't quite so hot and it's not so crowded. Um, and do some exploring a little bit. That might not be a bad idea. Uh, Bullwhip by Bolero Snort. Pineapple and vanilla, I'm in all day, every day. What's interesting, though, is that I had this in the can at Bolero Snort, at, uh, excuse me, Bolero Snort, at uh, Paragon Tap and Table, but then I had the tap version of Bullwhip same day at, at uh, Paragon, and it was off. The tastes were off. Now, I'm wondering if the wrong thing was kegged, you know, was tapped. I, I don't know. Very strange. Good beer, though, Bullwhip. I like it. Um, just a, just an excellent beer. Independence Day by Source. Love this beer. They do this in, in collaboration with Pat Lafreda every year. It's the perfect summertime IPA. goes great with a cigar. It's it's just enough. It's 6.5%. It's, it gives you everything that you want out of an IPA without banging you over the head and uh, and being over the top, which is uh, which is fantastic, and that's what I love about it. Um, Bolero's also come out with their own Pilsner, which I'm going to guess... Uh, the Toro Pills by uh, Bolero, which is an Italian pilsner, is the one that they are going to bring uh, to the Killsborough event uh, at Snug Harbor uh, this coming weekend. Uh, because, again, lighter beers better for uh, the pizzas and stuff. So I'm, I'm going to guess that this is going to be one of the beers that they're going to have there on tap, which is really good. It's a, it's a really good beer um, and one that I uh, might have to crack one of those um, this coming week because I do have a day off coming up. Going to a concert, so eh, that might be one I put in the cooler uh, when I go down to PNC. Uh, Pina Bolada, uh, much better with this batch. Uh, feels much more beachy on this one. Um, the last version of it I, I didn't really care for, but this one I think I like a lot better. And again, I think it's just it's just a different batch on this. Uh, I think that's what makes it um, taste better for me, at least. Um, my cousins, uh, I invited my cousin and her husband uh, to Yacht Rock uh, a couple weeks ago. We had a great time at the uh, Stone Pony Summer Stage. It's a fantastic place to see a show. Uh, and we got rained on three times. It was soaking. We were soaked to the bone, but had so much fun. Um, and started off the day. We met at their house in Ocean Grove. Um, and my cousin's husband, Paul, big fan of Aleworks Brewing Company. So he gets a lot of stuff when he's down in Virginia. He buys a lot of stuff from there uh, and brings it home. The superb IPA, very good. Middle-of-the-road IPA, uh, nothing too spectacular. Nothing too, uh, nothing too bad about it. Just a, a nice middle-of-the-road IPA. Elworks does some consistently good beers. Nothing that I would go out of my way to go and get, um, but definitely a, a very tasty beer. And then when I was over at uh, one of Tim McClune's restaurants, had a brawler uh, by Yards Brewing, a decent mild, nothing, nothing to write home about, but a nice way to kind of uh, cap off dinner um, and ease into some other stuff. Uh, as the night uh, moved on, and we had a great time at Yacht Rock, folks. Uh, then I was out at uh, City Field for the um, Keith Hernandez uh, retirement ceremony, retiring his number. Uh, had a bunch of different beers in the parking lot. I started off with a Pursuing Paradise by Wet Ticket Brewing. Nice way to kick off the Mets game. Uh, a Mexican-style lager, fantastic, perfect for the parking lot uh, to kind of ease into uh, a, a long day that was hot. and Not a lot of drinking uh, that day because it was hot out. Um, but, uh, John, uh, Flatung from, uh, Coastal Brew Works, uh, brought down a can of Awkward Tan Lines for me, their Vienna Lager, which was 
fantastic. Uh, it is out now. If you have a chance to pick it up, absolutely buy it. You will not be disappointed. I cannot wait for these guys to get open uh, down in Monmouth County. It's going to be a fantastic brewery, and I'm looking forward uh, to a lot of delicious beers uh, from the great Matt Potensky. And then while I was in the ballpark, the great thing about City Field, uh, as opposed to Yankee Stadium, City Field has a large selection of independent local craft beer. you got to walk around the ballpark to find it in certain spots, or you could take the Shea Bridge and head over out into center field, um, and there's a big stand where they have a, a ton of different local beers. But the Bushwick Pilsner was one that was right by my seats, so it was perfect, a decent Pilsner, uh, just happy to drink something that was local and support local. Yeah, I know, the prices are out of whack, and it's too expensive, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But it's a, it's a great feeling to go to a ballpark and be able to enjoy a delicious local beer and not have to buy a macro beer uh, if you're going to drink, which is always a huge plus. Folks, we are out of time. My thanks to everyone involved in the show, as well as my guest director of Brewing and Marketing, Dave Bergen from Joyride Brewing, and of course, last but not least, the great Buddy Watson. And by the way, Buddy, it was great catching up with you at Twin Elephant. We'll talk more about that on next week's program. Who also will be on next week's program is uh, Brian Kulbacki, From uh, Departed Souls Brewing, we'll talk more about it, the NJABC, and all kinds of stuff with Brian. I will be at the brewery taping that interview in two parts uh, this coming week. And I'll be back live on the Joe Piscopo Show Monday at 6 a.m. This has been the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, cheers, everybody. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.